Welcome to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church. Uh, it is delightful to welcome so many guests into our worship. This has been uh, quite a week, and so it is good to gather with our family of faith and be together in this way. We're holding lots of emotions and lots of uh, lots of feelings, <clears throat> um, but one of those certainly for me is hope and delight in welcoming these babies into our worship, our worshiping family. We're also going to be hearing the story of Jonah, the very relatable story of running away when God calls us to something unwelcome. Uh, and uh, at least for me, also relatable in the uh, resentment and uh, annoyance and grudge holding that Jonah does and hopefully can release. This morning and every morning, we every Sunday, we acknowledge that we worship on the land of the Duwamish people, who are the first peoples of this part of Turtle Island. And all of you coming from the different places as you are, are worshiping on land of first people. So we acknowledge and with gratitude our neighbors who are the Duwamish people. This Sunday in particular, I want to note that uh, they are still having their annual gift fair and that has been a really wonderful place to find really great, beautiful, uh, handmade art and crafts by indigenous folks here in the region and way to support the longhouse. So that's still happening. It looks to me like they're not doing food inside this year, but they do have the off the res uh, food truck, uh, which will be a really cool addition to the to the fair. So that'll be outside in the parking lot. And, the, and Megan just posted the link to that in the chat. So it's the same weekend as they always do it the last weekend in November. Let's begin our worship in song. Um, Robin and Mike are going to lead us in here in this place. We'll be singing verses one, two, and four. Here in this place, the light is streaming. Now is the darkness vanished away. See in this space our fears and our dreamings brought here to you in the light of this day. Gather us in the lost and forsaken. Gather us in the blind and the lame. Call to us now and we 
Thank you, Robin and Mike. Sorry, I paused there because I was busily searching for those last uh, babies so I could have them on my, my first screen. I invite you to join me in this call to worship. Uh, in these last days of using our, uh, our green, purple, and blue hymnals, I, I invite you to join me in this call to worship from our green hymnal, Sing the Journey. It's all kind of strangers. Oh, somebody is unmuted and talking to strangers. Just a reminder, everybody, keep those phones on mute. Invite me, I invite you to join me in this call to worship. Source of all hope and holiness, we gather this morning to be church. Bless those who are absent, but not from our hearts. Bless those who are distant, but not from your love. Bless each of us here that we may choose justice by your spirit, draw kindness from the well of your mercy and walk humbly in your path, O God. Amen. We light our peace candle each week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's just peace, God's vision for a just peace for all of creation. Today, especially, I pray for this nation, the United States, where we live. Even as an outcome has been declared and a victor has been named, we know that this will not end all disputes and allegations and accusations. God, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Together we pray, we long for a just peace, we pray for a just peace, and we choose to live for a just peace. May the peace of Christ be with you all, and also with each one of you. For the children's time this morning, I chose a book that is a favorite of mine. It's called When God Made You. I was thinking of all of these little ones who are being welcomed in our into our congregation and about how beloved they are to God from the moment that they're born. Uh, and this is just beautiful text and beautiful words by Matthew Paul Turner. And I also love the joy in the illustrations. When God made you, God made you all shiny and new, an incredible you, a you all your own, a you unlike anyone else ever known. An exclusive design, one God refined, you are a perfectly crafted one of a kind. Because when God made you, somehow God knew that the world needed someone just exactly like you. You, you, God thinks about you. God was thinking of you long before your debut. From the very beginning amid history and time, you, little one, never left God's mind. God imagined your eyes, your head's shape and size, and knew what you looked like when you felt surprised. God pictured your nose and all 10 of your toes, the sound of your voice, God had it composed, the lines on your hands, your hair, every strand, God knew every detail like it was all planned. 
out of billions of faces from cultures, all races, God made from all different people, God made from all different places. God knew your name, your picture was framed. God's family without you would not be the same. Because when God made you, this much is true. The world got to see who God already knew. You, you, when God sees you, God delights in what is and sees only what's true. That you, yes, you in all of your glory, bring color and rhythm and rhyme to God's story. So be you, fully you, a show-stopping review. Live your life in full color, every tint, every hue. Discover, explore, have faith, but love more. And learn and relearn all that God made you for. Use your talents and passions, those gifts that God fashioned. Think up ideas, then put them in action. Because God loves you creating, your true self-displaying, and when light on the inside through art is portraying, when you make believe, the stories conceived, the heroics, the magic, those tricks up your sleeve. When you dance alone, spinning like a cyclone, being whoever, whatever in a world all your own. God smiles and here's why. In the spark of your eye, a familiar reflection shines bright from inside. Because when God made you and the world ood and odd, in heaven they called you an image of God. You, you, when God dreams about you, God dreams about all that in you will be true. That you, God's you, will be hopeful and kind, a giver who lives with all heart, soul, and mind. A dreamer who dreams in big and small themes, one who keeps dreaming and journeys upstream. A mover, a shaker, a lover of nature, a builder of bridges, you, the peacemaker. A you who views others as sisters and brothers and lives by three words, love one another. A confident you, bold and brave too. You being you is God's dream coming true. Because when God made you, all of heaven was beaming. Over you, God was smiling and already dreaming. Thank you for listening. Let's sing together a blessing. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and oh, now the right. words we come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as
Uh, our scripture this morning, as I said earlier, is from Jonah. Um, we're all pretty familiar with the story of Jonah, I think. Um, Christy and Neil Rowe Miller, who are Helen's grandparents, are our scripture readers this morning, and they're starting in chapter three. So just a reminder that at the beginning of the story, we hear uh, God's call to Jonah and Jonah immediately going as far as possible in the other direction when God calls Jonah to preach to that great city of Nineveh. Uh, Jonah's not interested in that. He gets on a ship and goes the other direction. There's a big storm and Jonah gets tossed overboard and swallowed by a fish uh, and then vomited back up on the beach. And that is about where um, we hear the scripture story begin this morning. We're reading excerpts from Jonah chapter three and four. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's walk, and he cried out, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed nor shall they drink. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. We may turn, he may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, is not what I said, is this not, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush 
so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, it is right for you to be, isn't right for you to be angry about the bush? And Jonah said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in, in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to God for this very funny story from the Bible. I just think this is one of the funniest stories. And uh, I have delighted Jonah um, for, for many years since I got past sort of the children's storybook Bible version of the story and got into these later chapters of Jonah. He is just the perfectly funny butt of a joke. He is so mad. He is so mad about God's decision to be merciful. He is laughably mad. He is pouty, stomp around, tantrum mad, hitting his fists and, and feet on the ground mad. Uh, I have many of you know who are uh, part of the regular parts of the congregation that I have a very good friend who is just shy of two years old. He's just a couple months shy of two years old. And just yesterday, his parents sent me three separate videos of tantrums. Uh, and I wrote back and I said, I am so sorry to report that I watched these and I am laughing. I am sure that none of you are laughing there, but these are hysterical and I'm just so sorry. They're going through a terrible phase with him right now. It's like the, the last of his teething. He's starting to get molars and it's just, it's just a season, right? It's just a thing. And that is Jonah in this story. Um, he is angry. This is, of course, the second time that he's being sent, sent to Nineveh. This time he doesn't get on a ship going the other direction. He actually goes to Nineveh and he proclaims God's message. And then God shows mercy. There's repentance and God shows mercy. And it says right in the text that he was very displeased and he became angry. And he said, God... I knew this. This is why I didn't want to come to Nineveh in the first place. I knew you were going to show mercy. I knew that you were gracious. I knew that you were slow to anger and abounding in love and mercy. I knew all of this. And this is why I didn't want to come. Because frankly, I just wanted these people not to have mercy shown to them. And then he says, um, now, God, please take my life from me. I mean, he's just super dramatic, right? And I actually saw this in some of the tantrum videos. Oh, just take my life from me. I'd just rather die. This is Jonah. This is Jonah. This is why I think this is one of the funniest stories in the Bible. 
And God, in response to Jonah's tantrum, asks a question. Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah doesn't answer, at least in the text, we don't have a verbal answer recorded from Jonah. <clears throat> but he does stomp out of the city and plop himself on the ground. And so without saying a word, his pouty, stompy tantrum reveals a response. I think Jonah doesn't care whether or not it's right to be angry. He just is. Well, then it really gets silly. The story get, really gets silly. I mean, it gets like Four Seasons Landscaping Services silly. It gets real silly as Jonah is out there stomping, pouting on the ground. God, it says in the text, appoints a bush that grows up over him to shade him from the sun. And so he is grateful for the bush. He's grateful to have the shade from the sun. But then when the dawn comes the next day, God appoints a worm. These words are actually in your Bible. God appointed a worm to destroy the bush. So now the bush that was his shade is destroyed. And then God stirs up a sultry east wind and beats the sun down on Jonah's head. And Jonah is so angry that the bush has withered up and die. He says again, it is better that I would die. Just kill me. Take me now, God. I'm done. I'm so over this. The tantrum continues. God again responds with a question, and it's the same question, though this time the question is about the bush. God says, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And Jonah's response is, yes, angry enough to die. <laughs> oh, the comedy just, it's comedy gold and it keeps giving. It's the story that keeps on giving. <clears throat> so I have long taken delight in this funny story of Jonah and to think of him as the butt of the joke. Haha, <laughs> isn't that funny how Jonah is so angry that God has chosen to be merciful? <sighs> Except today, this week, I find it, I find Jonah more relatable than usual. Ooh, if I get in touch with the deep parts of me, uh, I don't want to jump to mercy. I don't want to jump to God's mercy, not when there has been real harm and real violence done. I can relate with the feeling of not being merciful and not wanting mercy, frankly. But here we are at the end of the story. The end of the story when God says, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? Is it right for you to be angry about my mercy? And it points me back to the beginning of the story and a part that I just kind of jumped over in this telling because of all the comedy that's so good as the story builds. And the beginning of the story is this, is that when when Jonah comes to Nineveh and he proclaims the message from God, the, the people in Nineveh, they hear 
they listen. They listen to Jonah. They hear his words. They hear God's message through Jonah. They take it in and they repent. They say, wow, you know what? You're right. We've been causing harm and violence and we are sorry. And we're gonna choose another path. And then when that message goes all the way up to the king, the despot, the tyrant on his throne, the one in charge, the one who has enabled and empowered this kind of violence throughout the land. When it gets to the king, the king also immediately repents, puts on sackcloth and ashes, removes his regal robe, and instead takes on the symbol of repentance and says, I'm sorry. We have caused violence and we have caused harm. I have enabled violence. I have enabled harm. I am sorry and I'm going to choose another path. It is then that God is merciful. Now we all have been human long enough to know how rare this is, right? We know how rare repentance is, true repentance, and especially from the despots and the tyrants on their throne. We know how rare this is. But I, I, when confronting Jonah this week, I take one lesson, which is an invitation to me. And that is I see in Jonah, he doesn't even want God's mercy in the face of repentance. He's just so angry about all the violence and the harm that has been done. He's just so angry that he frankly longs for the destruction of his enemies, those who have caused the harm. So for me, I see an invitation of wanting my desires to be transformed so that I am always open to the path of repentance, to the path of making things right, to the path of those who have caused harm saying, I'm sorry. Do I long for the healing and the wholeness and the restoration of those who cause great harm in this world? Do I help create pathways where God's mercy might come in response to repentance? That's the lesson and invitation of Jonah for me this week that I offer to all of you. It makes me think, so our, uh, first time saying this aloud in community, our president-elect last night shared a story he shared a story of his grandparents um, and being a young person and how his grandfather would uh, say to him as he would leave their house, keep the faith. And his grandmother would add or respond or perhaps correct. Do we all have a grandmother who might correct? <laughs> his grandmother would say, you know what, Joey? Spread the faith, spread the faith. And I see that in the invitation from Jonah too, is how do we keep spreading the faith and not being stingy or holding on to our rightness? How can we keep spreading the faith and open the path for repentance and true repentance and open the path for healing and for wholeness and spread the faith? Which seems like a good segue to our parents this morning, but I want to say one more word, and it's a word about Jesus, because while we haven't gotten to the Gospels yet in our narrative lectionary, as Jesus followers, of course, we're always looking to Jesus. We're always reading the scriptures alongside Jesus. And one thing that I notice in the Jesus story is that 
he obviously had enough connection with the powers, with the despots of his day, with the tyrants and the thrones, the kings of his day. He had enough engagement with them to be targeted and to end up being executed by the state. Um, he also had relationships with those who were wealthy or privileged along the way. I think of the Roman, um, the Roman official who had a servant that was ill. Um, and I think of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. But here's the thing about the Jesus story. He was centered and rooted and grounded in community with those who were the targets of state violence. He cast his lot with those on the margins, those who were on the pointy end of that sword, who, um, who experienced the violence of the state. That's who he centered himself with. That's who he created community with, who he broke bread with, who he shared tables with, who he offered hope and healing to, who he made friendships with, who he called into the movement, into the Jesus way. He centered himself in the movement of the people who found themselves at the pointy end of state violence. And that's where I want to be centered and rooted as well. Always keeping that path open for repentance from the powerful, for the violence they have caused. So that's the faith that I hope to spread. It is the faith, parents, that you have stepped into yourselves and claimed for yourselves in this faith community. It is the faith that you are invited not to keep or hold on to, but to spread to your children as well. Each of you, the four parents that we have, each of you are first time parents. What an incredible, incredible joy this is. And I often say as one who has never parented, um, God bless you as you step into this holy and harrowing calling of being parents. God bless you. God bless you. It is indeed holy and harrowing work. It's a vocation. You have welcomed another human being into your lives, into your family, into your little community as you center yourself as a family of faith and as you seek together to follow in the way of Jesus in this time and in this place and in all times and in all places. And so with no further ado then, we are going to set about dedicating these four babies as we spread the faith, as we share the faith, and blessing you, parents, as you enter ever more fully day by day into the holy and harrowing vocation of parenting these little ones. In the body of Christ, when one of us celebrates, all of us celebrate, and uh, Wow, in the last months, days, oh, so long. It feels like there's been precious little to celebrate. This has been a hard, hard season for so many reasons. And so what a joy it is as a community to gather with all of you to welcome and to celebrate new life in these families in our congregation. We share your joy. We share the joy experienced by these families who have welcomed new little ones. We are a congregation who blesses <clears throat> and we can't hold your babies in our arms as we would love to. We're seeing them grow up on screens and that is oh, so hard and I'm sure even harder for relatives who are far away, some of whom are joining us. 
But just as we sent and blessed our graduates in June, we are going to bless these wonderful little ones in our congregation. And we're gonna commission the hands of you, their parents, to be the hands of our congregation, blessing your infants. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna just take a minute to spotlight Megan and myself so that you can see us. <clears throat> and then in a minute, as we welcome our uh, families, we'll spotlight them. So hopefully you'll be able to see us. <clears throat> Um, as we spotlight you, we know that um, if you haven't updated Zoom recently, or if um, if uh, you are on a phone or a tablet, you may not be able to experience this in the same way. But we invite you to play with your uh, play with your view and see what works the best for you, so that you can see us as we bless. Today we invoke God's promise to bless and keep these precious children. Helen Hope Snyder Miller, born on October 2nd to parents Emily and Chase. Hello, can you see us? We received an invitation to unmute. <laughs> okay, cool. Here she is. <laughs> Welcome. But I'm going to mute you again. And next, Jonathan Everett Wasley Williams, born on June 25th to parents Caitlin and Zach. Hi, everyone. Uh, somebody's being a pouty little Jonah right now, so I have to be bouncing him or else. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> and Jedediah Monroe Darlene, born on April 15 to Christy and Samuel. Hello. Jedediah has been talkative, so maybe he'll say something while, <laughs> while we're on today. Thank you for saying, thank you for each of you speaking. For those who, who for whom the, the spotlight doesn't work. And Andrew Corin Huntley, born on December 27th to Amy and Tyler. Hi, Idri. Hi, she's crashing pretty quick, so we just keep shoving mum-mums in her mouth. <laughs> Jesus took children up into his arms and he laid hands on children in blessing. And this from scripture reminds us about God's desire to welcome and bless children into our midst. So today we bless Helen and Jonathan and Jedediah and Idri and their families as gifts into their families. And we receive them and we as a congregation pledge our support to their parents as we offer them this blessing. We'd like to invite um, everyone to mute yourselves if you are be willing during this time. That would be really wonderful, thank you. Families, we are going to ask you several questions about your intention and your commitment. Uh, but before that, I wanna ask you to say, um, each of you to say just a little something about what it has meant for you to welcome the little one into your family and a brief something about their name and their naming. 
So let's go in the order of age. Let's start with the oldest, Idri. Idri, and then Jedediah, and then Jonathan, and then Helen. Okay. Um, hopefully you can see Idri. Um, yeah, just welcoming her to our family has just been honestly just the best gift ever. Um, she's brought us just so much joy and hope and peace this year, especially with how difficult a year it was for most people and um, our family as well. Um, but it's just been awesome to just kind of watch her experience the world just through her eyes and, and alongside with her. It's been just wonderful. And as far as her name, uh, Idri Karin. Uh, so Idri means blessed guardian, um, also mighty and strength. And Karin means beautiful maiden. And we just wanted her to know that we see her as beautiful and strong. Jump in. Um, yeah, so it's been wonderful welcoming Jedediah into our family. Um, it was extra special to get pregnant as we had a rough journey getting pregnant and a miscarriage. So it was really wonderful when he finally arrived in the world. He arrived right at the beginning of the pandemic, so a bit different than we expected, um, but definitely a wonderful distraction in this year of so much. Um, and it's been great getting to learn to be a family of three and getting to watch him grow and develop a little personality. It's been great. And his name, Jedediah Monroe. Um, when we were dating, we went to Jedediah Smith Road State Park in California and um, really liked the name and had talked about um, using the name since then. And there's also an author, Jedediah Jenkins, that we um, really like. And in the book, in his book, he talks about how great of a name he thinks Jedediah is. So that just kind of sold it for us. And Monroe is a um, family name from um, my side of the family. And um, we also liked that it was a gender neutral name as well. So. so if he wants that later in life, you can choose to have Monroe instead. So welcoming little Jonathan into 2020 um, and into our family, I think first it was a sigh of relief, um, kind of a, a burst of hope uh, in a really tough year for nearly everyone. Um, I think also what we've learned is that our family is bigger than we thought it was as we just had such an incredible outpouring of support and love from uh, everyone in our community. And we're just so deeply grateful for um, everything that everyone has done, bringing us meals and coming to work in our yard, you know, while Caitlin was in the hospital and then recovering and we were taking care of a preemie. So thank you all so much. And we're just so excited and I can't wait for him to meet you all in person one of these days. Is. And his name, Jonathan Everett. Um, we have the wonderful opportunity of getting to know many Jonathans through this very church community who are all awesome and we think are very cool. 
Um, however, he was primarily named for two specific Jonathans um, who are with us on the call today, I believe, who were in our wedding. They're two of Zach's best friends from college, and we just are grateful for their um, their just curiosity and deep thinking and ambition and kindness, um, heart for serving others and faithfulness as friends. So we wanted to honor them with this name. And then his middle name Everett is a family name on my side. And it's been a few generations since there's been an Everett. He is not in fact named after the city of Everett. So know that, uh, but it means brave like a wild boar. And we just thought that was so cool. And it reminded Zach of his time living in Italy where they had wild boar near there. And so his nickname, one of them is Cinghialino, which means little wild boar in Italian. All right. This is Helen Hope. Her pronouns, at least for now, are she, her. Um, we, I'll share a little bit about um, what it means for us to welcome her in and, and her middle name, and then she can share about her first name. Um, we thought long and hard about whether or not to have kids in the first place. And then after deciding that we did want to have a child, it took a while. Um, like Christy and Samuel, we also struggled with fertility and experienced a miscarriage. Um, and during that process, um, thought and talked a lot um, about hope as not a frivolous emotion, but as something that is fierce and strong and bold and brave. Um, and that is why we chose that as her middle name. Uh, so Helen was my maternal grandmother's name. Um, I'm sure she's here with us in spirit, but uh, not in body. And yeah, she was, she was, you know, we, she was just a great lady. She harbored a bunch of qualities that we would be proud to see in this Helen. She was a big uh, devotee of poetry and participated in like a poetry group by mail with some women from a women's prison right up into her like mid nineties. Um, and, you know, did the kind of stuff that we like to see people do. So that's one namesake. We also are just big fans of uh, names that seems like they would have been popular for cool ladies in the twenties um, as evidenced by our dog Judith. So, you know, we like, we like it and also great namesake and hope. Yeah, pretty much what it says on the tin. <laughs> uh, parents, I invite you to all, it, if it's possible for you at this moment to turn your microphones on. Um, we have a few questions about your intention and commitment about become as you become parents and um, uh, and guides for your children. And then um, if you would answer either we will or I do or whatever the question calls for, you're also welcome if you need to keep that microphone off because you have a fussy little one to make this ASL sign for yes. 
congregation, this is also an invitation for you because you will have an opportunity to indicate your yes uh, later on as we invite your participation. I think Pastor Megan has the first question. I do. Will you to the, oh, yes. Okay. Parents, you accept your child as a gift from God. Will you to the best of your ability and with provide a loving family in which your child can grow in walking humbly with God and following in the way of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Will you, to the best of your ability and with God's help, support your child in discerning the ministry to which God calls them? You may answer, we will. Yeah. And now I bring for the whole church and for families who are here. Family of faith, do you commit to walking in the way of Jesus? Living lives of justice, peace, and compassion. Do you commit to loving these children as beloveds of God and prayerfully supporting these parents? And do you pledge your active support of these families in times of ease and difficulty, joy and sorrow, growth and frustration? And you may say, we do, and yes, and we do. We do. We do. <laughs> Thank you, Faith family. Uh, please mute yourselves if you can. <laughs> I offer this blessing on you parents, Amy and Tyler, Samuel and Christy, Caitlin and Zach, Chase and Emily. May the God who has entrusted you with these children grant you the fullness of love in raising them. May Christ inspire and empower you to live lives of faithfulness to the gospel so that your children might learn to walk in the way of Jesus. And may the Holy Spirit grant you the grace to be faithful to this task, this calling. Amen. And this is the moment where my arms almost literally ache because I want to take your children into them and place my hands on their heads in blessing. But today we commission you, their parents, to do just that, to take them in your arms and place your hands on their heads in blessing just as you will do for them throughout their lives. And you may repeat the words of blessing after us and offer the sign of blessing over them on behalf of all of us, your family of faith. Congregation, families, parents, when you hear the words, may God bless you and keep you, you may do this sign for blessing. This is the ASL sign for blessing. You're just spreading that blessing over top of your child. So when you hear those words, may God bless you and keep you, you may do that sign or just simply hold your hand up in blessing congregation um, so that these families can see that blessing. Although they may just see the small line of folks on the top of their screens. And parents, we're going to invite you to repeat after Megan or me in your, in your blessing. So again, we're going to go in oldest to youngest and start with Idri. Idri, Corinne. Your family loves you, your church loves you, and God loves you. May God bless you and keep you. Jedediah Monroe, your family loves you, your church loves you, and God loves you too. 
May God bless you and keep you. Jonathan Everett, hmm. your family loves you, your church loves you, and God loves you. May God bless you and keep you. Helen Hope, your family loves you, your church loves you, and God loves you. May God bless you and keep you. One way that our congregation offers a physical sign of our love and our blessings and our prayers is a gift to each family of a quilt when they welcome their first child. And we pray that your quilts will continue to be a reminder of the care of this congregation that we have for you and that we have for your children, that we're with you and holding you and embracing you even and perhaps especially in these times. So parents, we would love to see these quilts. We'd like to see them one at a time if we could. Idri, could we see your quilt that was pieced and quilted by Anne Marshanton and the quilt from the congregation? We love it. We hung it up behind us today. You see the trees and the little fox. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. And Jedediah, we would love to see your quilt pieced and quilted by Debbie and just a gift from the whole congregation. We thank you so much. Wonderful. We love it. It was quilted by Joanne. Thank you. I, I thought maybe I had that wrong, Debbie. Thank you. I appreciate that. Quilted by Joanne. Thank you. And Jonathan has a quilt that was pieced by Amy and also quilted by Joanne and a gift from the whole congregation. And Debbie did a little bit of the quilting and the border too. Excellent, yeah. It's so wonderful, thank you. It's the best quilt. <laughs> it has bicycles on it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, the bicycles don't show up super well over Zoom. Yeah, and it's really true what Amy says. These quilts are collective collaborations. There's lots of folks involved in it. So Helen, Helen's quilt, which was also, uh, I think, uh, pieced by Debbie and quilted by Joanne again. Do I have that correct? Yeah, and a gift from the whole congregation. Let's see it. Right over top of that baby. <laughs> Just wrapping her up like a tortilla. Lots of good use from it already. Lots of spill up and, and uh, spit up and breast milk spills all over it so far. It has certainly christened it. Quilts are meant to be used, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, hanging up on walls is one way to use them, but they're meant to be used. Friends, we anticipate the day when we can hold your children in our arms then we can play with them in the nursery when we hear their steps running up and down the ramp in our church when we're together. But in the meantime, we have been so, so grateful to see them on our screens. I know that they have brought joy to many of us in this congregation to see them growing up and learning to crawl or turn over. And that has been a blessing to us. We're so grateful that we have them with us and that we've been able to bless them. And we are going to unspotlight 
our screens and um, Megan is going to share the music for a song of blessing. Lord, we bring to you our children on this festive holy day. Grant to them your benediction. Grant to us your help, we pray. Bless the children, bless the parents. May they grow in Christ our joyous and celebrating time this has been to be together in blessing one another in community. Let's continue in a spirit of prayer, bringing all of our hearts and minds and concerns before our creator. If you have prayers that you would want included, I invite you and remind you to add those into the chat. And I will include them later and close with a prayer for our nation by Judy Chicago. Most merciful God, we wait before you aware of our fragility, aware of the fragility of the earth and the peoples of the earth. And we remember that we are dust and to dust we will return. Yet you are our creator, you are our redeemer. Hear our pleas, hear our cries for mercy. We wait before you in the midst of a weeping and broken world. Have mercy, O God, on our world. We pray for the places of violence and for all who are hoping for peace. We wait before you in the midst of betrayal and broken relationships and ask for your mercy, O oh God, on our families and all whom we love. We pray for our friends and for our communities. We wait before you, O oh God, in the midst of sickness and grief and death, and ask for your mercy, O oh God, on all those in pain. And we pray for all in need of healing and comfort. Many of us may feel a needed comfort and healing even as we feel relief and hope. Knowing what we do about the election results, we also know that the future will not be smooth. Be with those most vulnerable, those at the pointy end of the sword. 
give us strength and perseverance to advocate and act and be present with and among those who are vulnerable in society and to use our privilege in ways that are in line with your kingdom. We take hope from the new life of in our congregation. We give thanks for Idri and Jedediah, Jonathan and Helen. Bless them and make your face to shine upon them and their families as they grow in body and strength. May they grow in wisdom and in understanding of your abiding love for them. We pray especially for Christy Darlene this morning in her pastoral job search and interviews. Though it will grieve us to lose her, we will send her in the fullness of love. We pray too that the back pain that she has been experiencing will be diagnosed and resolved and healed. Fill her body with your healing spirit. We pray for my family uh, after the passing of my uncle Frank Reimer this week. Our family's grieving his death and also you know, the season of COVID we're in and being unable to travel and be together and hold one another in grief and offer comfort. So I'm going to ask this day that you would be with my extended family today in their mourning. We pray today also with Christian peacemaker teams for the vulnerable migrants in Lesbos at the Pipka camp run by local and international volunteers. Who have experienced so many years of enduring threat of closure and now being brutally evicted. After police arrived in the early hours of October 30th and put almost 80 men, women, and children onto buses and transferring them to a new camp run by the municipality knowing that that camp is scheduled to be closed by the end of the year and all the migrants will be shifted again to a place on swampy and demined land. We just pray for a just treatment of those who are in need of care and safety and life and love we're being forced to flee over and over again, not just in Lesbos, but all around the world. Who need our protection and the protection of the community. Turning to the chat. Praying with Laura Schlebaugh. Prayers for those who experience pregnancy loss. That's very real. We heard that testimony and know that that's a silent story for many in our family of faith. Prayers of appreciation for those for having family included today. We're celebrating with you your presence. Praying with. Micah and Sarah and Dan for the opening of their collaboration with the Yakima Police Department as they search for conciliation between the community and the police and authorities in a very violent city. 
prayers for support and for willingness to hear, to heal and to forgive. Prayers with Doug and John for the family of cousin Dwayne who died of the coronavirus in Indiana this past week after a month on a ventilator. Prayers of gratitude with Pete and Pat for Pete's brother David's wife Kimmy and son Adam who contracted COVID but are doing very well. David has not caught COVID but gets tested tomorrow. Prayers with Aunt Elena and Mark for Magnus who will be having minor heart surgery on Thursday. Peace for his parents that all would go smoothly. Prayers for students and parents dealing with the challenges and stress of virtual school for healthcare workers and for educators of all kinds. Prayers with Emily for her brother-in-law, Stan Epp, whose brother Don died of COVID this week. And prayers with Mark and Elena for cousin Marciela in Mexico, who is living with schizophrenia and not on her meds currently. Praying for the regions of Central America impacted after Hurricane Ada. Lord, for all of these prayers, both spoken and unspoken, we ask for your mercy and your grace and your compassion and your love to be felt and known intimately and deeply by all people. In closing in prayer for our nation, that all that has been divided, that has divided us will merge. That compassion would be wedded to power. That softness would come to a world that is harsh and unkind. That both men and women would be gentle that both women and men would be strong, that no person would be subject to another's will and that all will be rich and free and varied, that the greed of some will give way to the needs of many, that we will share equally in the earth's abundance, that we will care for the sick and the weak and the old, prayers that we will nourish the young, that we will cherish life's creatures, and that we will live in harmony with each other and the earth, and that everywhere will be called Eden once again. May it be so in God's mercy. Amen. We continue our worship prayerfully grateful for all of the gifts that each of you offer to our congregation, monetary and otherwise. We're grateful for the means as always to collect our offerings digitally. And this week as we bless families who are new to being families, I am grateful for the ways that our money supports our ministry with children and families. Whether that's uh, care packages for Advent, which are, which are going to be coming soon, or uh, materials for our nursery and Sunday school classes, or an extra Zoom account so that we can support Sunday school with children and youth on Sunday mornings. Uh, 
all of these are ways that our donations support the ministry of this congregation. Uh, we'll be closing with a recording of our congregation singing together. Um, Pastor Megan mentioned last week that uh, a couple weeks, a couple years ago, when uh, Linda Powell was in the last days of her life, our congregation recorded some songs for her. And we still have those recordings. And so we're going to be integrating some of those into our worship beginning today with Michael Bay leading our congregation in the song, Hard Times Come Again No More. Uh, it is an old song I found out when I was looking up the recording information for this song. It is an old song. And yet we continue to pray uh, today and always. We know the, our prayers for today are evidence that we have many, many longings. And this song is a prayer, a prayer that those hard times will not come around our door. And uh, I hope that this can also be a blessing for us as we hear our congregation singing uh, with each other. And that's one of those things that we're longing for is to sing together again. Let us pause in life's pleasures out its many tears while we share our sorrows with the poor. There's a song that will linger forever in our ears. Oh, hard times come again no more. Tis a song the Oh, 
receive these words of benediction. <clears throat> when we are feeling like Jonah, embittered and grudging, have mercy, O oh God, and send us with joy. When we are feeling grasping and want to hold tight to resources, have mercy, O oh God, and send us with the generosity of your spirit. When we are feeling hatred and vitriol, O oh God, have mercy and send us filled with your love poured out. God is indeed abounding in steadfast love. Let us go in the joy and generosity and full of God's love for us so that we too can pour it out. Amen and go in peace.